Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 23. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Well, then Pilate entered the praetorium again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, Are you speaking for yourself about this, or did others tell you this concerning me? And Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? And Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. And saints, might I add, listen, our kingdom as believers is not of this world. We are just strangers. I'm going to wait while you clap your hands there because you should be happy about it. We are just strangers passing through. This is not our home. We're on our way somewhere else. Well, listen up. Let me go one step further. Even if you're not a believer, you're on your way somewhere else. Hallelujah. Everybody's on their way somewhere else. Now, if you're a believer, you're on your way to heaven. Your kingdom is not of this world. If you're not a believer, you are on your way to eternal damnation. The Bible calls that hell. Yep, I said it, the H word. Hell. Oh, man, nobody talks about hell anymore. I mean, gosh, man, hell. Nobody talks about hell anymore, but that doesn't make it any less real. And it doesn't make it any one degree cooler. Say amen. amen. Our kingdom's not here. This is not your home. Don't get too comfortable. We're on our way to heaven. Our kingdom is in another place. Well, then in verse 37, go ahead and look at it. Pilate said, therefore to him, are you a king then? And Jesus said, you say rightly that I am a king for this cause I was born and for this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And Pilate said to him, what is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, what did he say? I find no fault in him at all. That's when he said that. Now get this. On that very same day, look look at me. On that very same day, Pilate's wife, according to the Bible, comes to him and she says to him, she says, sweetie, she says, I am freaked out. I had a bad dream about this righteous man talking about Jesus. Don't have anything to do with him. So Pilate wants to get Jesus off his hands, but he's got a political problem. Now listen, Pilate was cruel. Pilate was heartless. Pilate was a ruthless man, but he wasn't stupid. And he could see right through this charade, the Jews trying to get him to kill Jesus for religious reasons. 
And so he says, I find no fault in, his, in this man, which, by the way, is a legal declaration. At this point, the trial should have been over. But, verse 5, the people wouldn't let it go because they wanted Jesus dead. And so they said, listen, this man is stirring up trouble and making these accusations against Rome all the way from this place to Galilee. And Pilate finds out that Jesus is from Galilee. He sent him to Herod because Galilee was within Herod's jurisdiction. Now listen, Pilate was faced with a dilemma. He is convinced that Jesus is innocent, but there's a volatile political situation developing. Pilate has to make a choice between conscience, what he knows is right, and convenience, what will bring him the least amount of stress. Saints, listen close. Every single one of us is faced with the same choice between conscience and convenience. Everyone has to make a choice between the right way or the easy way. Everybody has to make a choice between whether they're going to listen to the voice of the crowd or the voice of the Lord. Unfortunately, there are many who violate their conscience and go the easy way. And it's interesting because if you choose to go the easy road, that's still the hard place because your conscience won't let you rest there. If you choose to go the easy road, it's still the hard place because your conscience won't let you rest there. Won't let you rest there. So Pilate is trying not to make a decision, but a non-decision, listen, uh, not, listen, it, uh, listen, if you've not been listening up to now, listen now. If you've been asleep, wake up. Listen, a non-decision is a decision, and it's a wrong decision. You cannot remain neutral when it comes to this thing called Christianity. You cannot remain neutral when it comes to this thing called knowing Jesus, being a believer, being a Christian, you cannot sit on the fence. You are either, Jesus himself said in Matthew twelve thirty, you are either for me or you are against me. You cannot be in the middle. And some people think that they can be in the middle and be all right. Uh-uh. You can't be in the middle and be all right. Some people think Jesus is just all right with me. Jesus is just all right. Y'all mess me up. Okay, you say, oh, yeah, okay? <laughs> Jesus just all right with me? Jesus just all right? Oh, yeah. Some people think that. Some people think that. They think, well, you know, I've got no problem with Jesus. I mean, you know, Jesus is a good guy. You know, the big kahuna, the man upstairs. I mean, I've got no problems with him. He's got no problems with me. Are you a Christian? No, not really, but I ain't got no problems with Jesus. You know, when you make a decision for Christ, no, not really. But you know what? I got no problems with Jesus. Listen, that's in the middle, and you cannot rest in the middle. There is no middle ground when it comes to Jesus Christ. You were either born again or you are not. And I, and, and I honestly am just a little bit sick of it. Of people that are just, you know, a little bit Christian, if they, they think. Look, if you know Jesus and he's your Lord and your Savior, then stand up for him. If you, I'm going to wait while you clap your hands right there. If you know Jesus and you really love him, then say so. Say so. 
Somebody asks you, you're a Christian? Say, yeah, I'm a Christian. You one of them born-againers? Yeah. I'm happy to be a born-againer. Where are my people at? I'm happy to be a born-againer. You need to be a born-againer. Why ain't you a born-againer? Say so. You ever run into somebody and you're talking to them and you go, hey, are you a Christian? And they go, well, um, and they take a long time to think. And then they go, well, uh, well yeah, my, 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 I go to church. Give me somebody like that. Let me tell you something. This is my opinion. Let me just have it, okay? All right? Don't, don't ask me after service. Don't come up to me talking about nothing, all right? I don't want to hear it. Hallelujah. Pray for me. Don't judge me. Here's my feeling. If you take too long to answer, it gives me cause for pause. That's all I'm saying. Amen. Anybody agree with me? It gives me cause for pause. You either love him and you're a believer and you're walking with him and you're proud to be a Christian and you hold your head up and your walk matches your talk or you are not. It is simple as that. And no decision to follow Jesus is to decide against him. Well, Pilate thinks he's off the hook when he hears that Jesus is a Galilean. So he sent Jesus to Herod, who happened to be in Jerusalem at that time. And Pilate's thinking, well, great, we can change venue. I can get this off my plate and I'll be done with it. Well, in verse 8, go ahead and look at it. When Herod Antipas saw Jesus, he was happy. Why? Because he wanted to see him for a long time. And also because he wanted Jesus to do some tricks and entertain him. So he questioned Jesus. Jesus didn't answer because Jesus could see right through him that he was sinful and shallow. And Jesus could have been thinking, this man killed my cousin, John the Baptist, who was the greatest prophet who ever lived. So Jesus is sitting there. People are yelling and accusing him. And Jesus has nothing to say to them and nothing to say to Herod. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Herod. Are you listening? Let me tell you a little bit about Herod. This is Herod Antipas. First of all, Herod is a title, not a name. It's a title. Herod the Tetrarch. Herod Antipas. Herod the Great. Herod Philip. Herod Thomas. Herod is a title. So this Herod, Herod Antipas, is the son of Herod the Great. He was appointed ruler over Galilee when his father died. This is the Herod who had John the Baptist beheaded. It's 28 AD. Herod Antipas went to Rome to visit his brother Philip. Philip's wife, anybody know what her name is? Philip's wife. Who said that? Very good. Herodias. Last service, somebody said Heroditis. I said, good enough for government work. That, I, I take it. I take it. Her name is Herodias. And, 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 and Herod Antipas sees Herodias. Get this drama. Herod Antipas sees Herodias and is smitten with love, and he took her to be his wife. Now, if you dig into the bloodline, of which I did last night, dig into the bloodline, Herodias was also Herod Antipas' niece. I know, this is some Jerry Springer stuff right here, y'all. <laughs> so Antipas, are you getting this? Antipas 
marries his sister-in-law, who is also his niece. So Herodias told Antipas, get rid of your wife and I'll come to Galilee with you. Antipas got rid of his wife, who was an Arabian princess, and that starts a war because her father was offended. So Herod Antipas is living in Galilee with his brother's wife, Herodias. Herodias, pop quiz, Herodias has a daughter and her name is Salome. You know all the answers, please leave. I'm just kidding. That's Lisa. That's my friend. Her name is Salome. Herodias has a daughter. Her name is Salome. It's Herod's birthday. The wine is flowing. The music is playing and men are drunk. They are dancing, probably doing the electric slide, probably doing the Macarena. And doesn't it go something like that? doing something, dancing, and 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 probably dirty dancing, and I'll tell you why. Herodias calls her daughter in to dance, and she does a sexually seductive dance. And Antipas watches his stepdaughter dance, and the lust and the liquor take control. And he says, I will give you whatever you want. Mark 6, up to the half of the kingdom. And so her mother said, Salome dances, Antipas is pleased. He says to Salome, hey, I'll give you, I'll give you whatever you want. Because he's have two sheets to the wind. I'll give you whatever you want. She goes to her mother. Hey, mom, he's going to give me whatever I want. It's probably happened on Mother's Day. He's going to, hey, mom, hey, mom, I'm going to give you whatever you, he's going to give me whatever I want. And up to the half of the kingdom. And his, her mother said, tell him I want the head of John the Baptist. And John was beheaded. Now, this is a gruesome scene. Get this. The executioner brought John's head in. Salome brought brought his head in on a platter. And Salome takes the platter with John's bleeding head on it and carries it across the room and places it in front of her mother. And tradition tells us that Herodias took a knife and stabbed John's tongue. Listen, don't cross this woman. Because she will go to extremes. I mean, this is a little bit extreme. Had had his head cut off. And the reason she wanted John's head and stabbed John's tongue is because John publicly pointed his finger at Herodias and Herod. And he said, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. He, John the Baptist, are y'all following me? John the Baptist publicly rebuked a ruler. Now, Gaius Julius Caesar Augustus Germanicus. Here's a name for you if you're having a boy. A.K.A. Caliglia. Made Agrippa the king. Now, at one time, Herodias was married to King Agrippa. So when she found out that Caliglia made Agrippa the king, she said, Agrippa, she said, "Uh, Antipas, She said, I want you to go to Rome and ask Caliglia to give you the title of the king because I want to be married to a king and you ain't one. You ain't a king. So he goes to Rome and he asks for the title of king and Caesar says no. So Herodias left him. 
and because of his cruelty and hardness of heart, ends up banished to Gaul in France, and he dies there, a poor man, no title, listen, no title, no money, and no Herodias. Now, I bring this to your attention because I think this is true. Whenever you're faced with a situation and you cross your conscience to get what you want, you will always lose. I'm going to say that again. Whenever you are faced with a situation and you cross your conscience, you will always lose. How many times have you done something and you said, you know what? I, I, I should have followed my first mind and I did that. Anybody? I should have followed my Now, the first mind for the Christian is the still small voice of the Holy Spirit. Telling you, don't do that. Don't go that way. Don't get involved with that person. Don't go into business with that individual. Don't take that job. Don't move there. You see? But whenever you cross your conscience and you do something that is in violation to your conscience, you will always lose. If whatever you do and you step away from the word of God, you will always lose. You cannot step away and be disobedient to God's word and expect to be blessed. God does not bless mess. Yeah, yeah, that's very, very true. It might sound trite, but it is very true. God doesn't bless mess. You cannot step away from God's word and expect God to bless you. You can't walk in sin and expect God to bless you. You can't live together and expect God to bless your relationship. Oops. Pastor, why you got to go there? You can't walk in sin and be disobedient to God and expect God to bless you. If you cross your conscience, you will lose. Peter crossed his conscience and he ran out and wept bitterly over his sin. Antipas crossed his conscience and beheaded John the Baptist, knowing that John was a righteous man as well. But because of a woman and pleasure and wealth of the world, he turns away from his own conviction and conscience and beheads John. And now he finds himself in front of the Messiah. And Jesus refused to entertain him. So he entertains himself. He mocked Jesus, put on a royal robe on him, and sent him back to Pilate in verse 11. And Pilate, listen, Pilate just wants to get Jesus off his hands. Pilate is going to say later on, next week when you come back, listen, next week when you come back, Pilate is going to say, I am done with this. I wash my hands of this. I am innocent of this man's blood. I'm done with it. And little did he know that he will never listen. Little did Pilate know that he will never, 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 no, not never be done with him turning Jesus over to be crucified. He will never be done with it. Thousands of years later, people will be talking about it. He thinks he's washed his hands. He didn't wash his hands of anything. Even in the Apostles' Creed, it says, crucified under Pontius Pilate, died and was buried, rose again the third day. Pilate didn't wash his hands of anything. And did you know this? Pilate was banished to the island of Gaul and committed suicide in A.D. 39. Listen, sin will never result in blessings. Sin will never result. Again, 
God doesn't bless mess. Sin will never result in blessings. Compromise, uh, fence-sitting, lack of decision, all will destroy you. I mean, you ever seen a person so deep in sin that they, their countenance change? I've, seen, I've, seen, I've met people like that. They, 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 knew, they knew the Lord and they were excited about the Lord. And some of you know that. And maybe some of you are that person I'm talking about right now. Where at one point you knew the Lord and the joy of the Lord was your strength. And the joy of the Lord was on your face. And the joy of the Lord was in your eyes. We could see the joy of the Lord all over you. But then you fell away from the Lord or they fell away from God. And you see them sometime later. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And you see them sometime later, and they don't look like they have a joy of the Lord at all. Their countenance looks different. Their face looks different. They, 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 they maybe even look empty. They look, they, look, they look sad. They look bitter. They look bothered. Because sin will, sin will make you look ugly. Isn't that the truth? No, nobody ever seen a pretty drunk. Say amen. Uh-huh. Sin will make you look ugly. It'll make you look different. Listen to this story. True story. Leonardo da Vinci was painting his masterpiece, The Last Supper. And he sought long and hard for a man to model for Christ. At last, he located a chorister in one of the churches of Rome who was lovely in life and features. And a young man, his name was Pietro Bandanelli. Well, years passed and the painting was still unfinished. All the disciples had been betrayed except one. Judas Iscariot. Now he started out to find a man whose face was hardened and distorted by sin. And at last he found a beggar on the streets of Rome with a face so villainous he shuddered when he looked at him. He hired the man to sit for him as he painted the face of Judas on his canvas. When he was about to dismiss the man, he said, you know, I haven't even asked you your name. What's your name? And he said, I'm Peter Bandinelli. And he said, I also sat for you as a model for Christ. Interesting. Sin will have its effect. Listen, saints, don't let Satan deceive you. Sin will have its effect, and sin will take its toll on your life. Somebody once said sin will take you further than you want to go. You'll stay longer than you want to stay, and you'll pay more than you want to pay. Isn't that true? Sin will take you further than you want to go. You know, it's almost like, you know, you, you find yourself so far and in, deep in the sin, you go, how did I even get here? Sin will take you further than you want to go. You'll stay longer than you want to stay, and you'll pay more than you want to pay. Sin will destroy you. And that's why God says, don't do it. I'm coming in for a landing. Don't do it. God is not a cosmic killjoy. He just doesn't want you to have any fun. Oh, God just doesn't want you to have any fun. You know, God's just a bummer. He's a Danny Downer. He doesn't even want you to have any fun. God's not a cosmic killjoy. He just knows that if you get involved in that relationship or if you get sexually involved in that sin or if you do this thing that's cheating on your taxes or you do this thing that, 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 that is cr- criminal, God knows that that sin will, will, will hurt you. And God doesn't want to hurt you. God wants to bless you. Is anybody listening to me? God wants to bless you. If you believe that, clap your hands, would you? God wants to bless you. He doesn't want to hurt you. 
He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to, he, he told Jeremiah, he says, 29, 11, he says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. They're thoughts of good and not of evil to give you a future and to give you a hope. God wants to give you a future and give you a hope. But you have to say, God, I want to do things your way. Father, I don't want to cross my conscience or the voice of the Holy Spirit. I want to do things God's way. And saints, let me tell you, when you follow God and you do what God has called you to do and you do do things his way, you will find yourself blessed beyond belief. You'll find yourself like me. I feel so happy. I feel so blessed. God has blessed me. God has poured his grace upon me. He has empowered me and given me everything that I need to do the work of the ministry. The Bible says he's given all things that pertain unto life and godliness. So anything that I need to live a godly life, God has given to me and I am blessed. What more could I want? God wants to do the same thing for you. But you have got to say, I'm going to say no to my pride and yes to God's will. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.